Hey, Lights, Camera, Barstool listeners, you can find us every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. For us, golf is simple. It's a chance to get out and have some fun with our friends. But inevitably, little things have a way of ruining it. The group ahead is taking forever. You can't find the fairway with a map. And the Bev cart is nowhere to be found. And the best way to make a bad day better is Fireball Whiskey. You get their nips, the little shooters. They are great. Makes a bad day way, way, way better. Make sure to grab the new Fireball Birdie Shot Club. It's literally a golf club filled with Fireball nips. Put it in your bag. It'll fit right in that side pocket. Drink Fireball nips and have a great time on the golf course. To infinity and beyond. The Lord tells me he can get me out of this mess, but he's pretty sure you're fucked. Nick, it's why you fail. You can't handle the truth. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. Say hello to my little friend. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. What? We've got here is failure to communicate. Roads? Well, we're going, we don't need roads. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Welcome to Lights Camera Podcast, episode 46. It's Sunday, May 13th, right? 13th? Yeah, 13th. Happy Mother's Day. To Happy Mother's Day. None of the yeah, co-hosts on this pod. No, but, you know, it, it it's a good day. It's a good day. It's a H- relaxing Happy Mother's, day. Happy Mother's Day for us, for respecting our queens. Exactly. And you got to post a little something on social media. Maybe get your, your wedding picture. Another excuse to put your wedding picture back up or something like that. Just, just now, kind of like a little brag on yourself that somehow tangentially involves your mother. Did uh did your five hour old baby give your wife a Mother's Day gift? What was it? Ooh, I I I got my wife a Mother's Day gift from the baby, but I'm not going to talk about that. Look, that's too personal, Jeff. <laughs> I just <laughs> I didn't say what it was. I just said no. I'm just saying I'm not going to talk about what it yet. Yeah, um, no. I mean, she stunning silence from your baby regarding really her leave the house feet. yet. <laughs> oh. Okay, no, continue the joke, Ken Jay. Yeah. Yeah, keep keep the joke going. I respond very poorly to that. It was personal attacks on my family from my co-host. <laughs> Unbelievable. Just Unbelievable. Didn't know, a, didn't know if you had a baby genius's baby. Just wasn't sure. Ooh, wasn't we should sure. watch that. Or boss. We baby. should. Well, between that or Son of the Mask, what would you rather watch? Baby Geniuses or Son of the Mask? I think Baby Geniuses 2 is the one that people say is one of the worst movies of all time. Bad. I think Son of the Mask is more on brand. Yeah, I you know? agree. It's very on brand. Yeah, well, we said we're going to watch that. We probably will eventually. If that's on Netflix, that'd be a good one for us to do. Kenja, uh, but, oh, how you oh. feeling today? You hydrated today? <laughs> uh, no, is the answer to that question. I- I'm very hungover. And <laughs> it's mostly because we were playing the Rotten Tomatoes game, which Jeff always smokes me in because he's seen 50 billion more movies than me. And is played this game many times in which i have not uh and we also played uh fucking was it fuck the dealer and i lost like ten thousand hands in a row and so i was very drunk last night i was i was tipsy and i I figured out just how tipsy i was because when i got home i did an act that i shouldn't have done because it was it was very disrespectful to my roommate so 
my roommate made a bunch of cookies, right? And she put them out like on this, like on our kitchen counter. And I've been looking at them for like three days. I just keep looking at them. They're in the back of my head. Like these cookies look really good. And then I came, I wake up this morning and I go and look at the counter and the cookies are devastated, like fucking torn up. And I'm like, damn, who did that? So I go out and I fucking go hang out with my mom or like for Mother's Day. I come home today and then I go to open my bedroom door and my bedroom door has like a fucking handprint of chocolate on it, like a swipe stain of chocolate on the door from when I drunkenly savaged my way back into my bedroom. Oh, not a great night. Not a banner night for me last night. Was so your roommate mad a... that you ate all the cookies? I have not asked her about it. I thought that's where the story was going because it could go either one or two ways, man. She could either not care or she could be really mad at you. It could be a bad situation. You might need to look through Craigslist right now for a a new roommate situation in the upcoming year. I don't know. uh, I'll just come live with you, Troll. That's like from Bad Santa when he rips up the advent calendar and eats all the chocolate. That's basically what you did. But you're just not Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah. Oh, man. That's tough. That's a tough look. Anyway, movie news. Let's talk some movies. We're going to answer listener questions in a little bit, but we got some movie news to get to. A big movie is coming out next week. Solo, a Star Wars story. We're going to see it next week. Wait, next week? Yeah, next week. Technically, this is this week. Next week is Memorial Day weekend. So Solo, a Star Wars story already premiered. Very rare for a movie this big to premiere so early on before the movie comes out. Like two weeks for things to be spoiled is crazy. There's apparently some big spoilers in this movie. We won't get into it. Not worth spoiling stuff that we've heard or we've seen so far. But... So far, the reactions are fairly similar. People are saying first act is very tough, which is actually what they said about Rogue One. And they said that it's a fun heist movie and picks up along the way. Some people say they're not big fans of it. Christian Harloff, friend of the pod, kind of, because he hasn't been on yet, but still friend of the pod. From Collider, the Schmodowns, he said he didn't like it at all. Hmm. Like, it's fine. Not my thing. Uh, some well, I saw somebody compare it to Infinity War. They were like, that was, a, that was a better spectacle than Infinity War. It's like, all right, chill the fuck out. I saw someone say it's their favorite Star Wars movie. So it ranges pretty high and low, but I think the consensus is that it's a tough first act. It's a fun movie, and, and that's kind of where it is. So expectations now after hearing that. Mine haven't moved. I assume it's going to be kind of a mess, and I like, hope it's just fun. hope it's a fun movie. That's really all I care about on that front. Solo seems like it's going to be fun no matter what to me. I don't really care what the critics are saying in either direction because in my personal fandom, I'm going to like it. And I think it applies for both me and you and probably Trill as well. And that when you're a big fan of a movie, it really doesn't matter who's going to try and bring you down because I'm just I mean, we're going to like it. It doesn't matter. It's going to be shit. We probably like it's going to be good. We're going to like it. So looking forward to liking it. I hope, like I said, I think last week or the week before, I hope it's in the mid 70s to low 80s range that's where i'd like to have this movie be i don't need it to be anything crazy it just needs to be fun it just needs to be a little bit of fun look we're seeing a thursday night we're seeing in 3d i'm going to the beach the day after i don't know what your memorial day plans are but i'm looking forward to going to the beach you know wearing shorts you know whatever you do around the beach so i just want a fun movie to kick off that weekend that's all i'm looking for and if this is a fun movie then, then so be it. That's all we really need. We need a fun movie. I don't care if the first act is rough. Ken Jack, no. so your hasn't your opinion hasn't really changed. Mine hasn't changed. Trill, what about you? 
expectations the same or different after the solo premiere? I think my expectations are a little bit higher, just a tiny bit Ooh. higher. Just a tiny bit higher. Not too much of an increase in expectations because I don't want to be disappointed. The way I always feel about these big premieres for big Star Wars movies is that audience is very self-selecting, I feel like. Of course, people who go to see a Star Wars movie on the premiere and this big fan event, it almost seems like a fan event rather than a critic event, but people are going to gush over it. You're really into Star Wars, you might like this movie. I'm probably going to like this movie, but I don't want to project this crazy nonsense talk of it being my favorite Star Wars movie. I don't think that'll be the case. Uh, And that whole thing about the slow first act, that's exactly what happened in Rogue One, too. Just like you said, Jeff. So, uh, you know, look, I don't have anything else to say about this movie, except except I saw a commercial today. I Mm -hmm. saw a commercial for the Denny's Han Solo movie. Now, when when a movie gets big enough and it gets enough hype, it gets its own special menu at Denny's. This this last happened with The Hobbit. And the, the Shire breakfast items. Now, Solo has special menu items at Denny's. And let me read to you the names of some of these. The Blaster Fire Burger. The Co-Reactor Pancake Breakfast. The Two Moon Skillet. The Light Speed Slam. And the Crystal Crunch Your Milkshake. It's called the Crystal Crunch Your Milkshake. I don't understand why. But they have very... Do any of these names give us spoilers for the movie, fellas? And are you excited about this Denny's menu? I don't think any spoilers, but I mean, I don't know where Ken Jack and I would even go find a Denny's for this. I was about to say, I don't think I've ever been been to a Denny's, but I I don't know where one's at right now. The the only Denny's I can tell you exactly where it is, is on the Las Vegas Strip. Other than that, I'm not sure if there are actually permanent Denny's. I think they're pop-up shop (laughs) locations and they just randomly spring up and close. Actually, there's one in Bloomington, Indiana. It's like Schrodinger's Denny's. I get what you're saying here. I get <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, right? You fucking asshole. <laughs> I would like if they did this with like Applebee's or a more, uh, I don't know, wide stream chain restaurant. Applebee's yeah. would be cool. You could do like Dagobah themed wings. The, something the like that. The Blaster Fire Burger. Blaster Fire. It's not just the Blaster Burger. It is the fire that comes out of the blaster on a burger. How could you not love that? That's pretty cool. So to conclude, a little bit more excited about Solo based off of these initial reviews. Super excited about this Denny's menu I will never eat. Denny's sponsor the pot. Please. <laughs> yeah, I man, the last Denny's I ate at was back home in Texas in Austin. I think it's a Verizon store now. So it's just not. <laughs> it doesn't exist. I'm looking right now. The closest one to Ken Jack and I, there actually is a Denny's in lower Manhattan. Holy shit. There's really? a Denny's right by, uh, is that the World Trade Center? Yeah, it's like two blocks from the World Trade Center. Imagine like some finance bros just being like, yeah, I just fucking crush this TPS report. Time to go get some flapjacks at Denny's. Like so many other options in the financial district. We, I just I just shorted AMD. I'm going to go <laughs> fucking get some moons over my hammy. <laughs> Fuck, we we may have cornered ourselves to have to go to Denny's and then go see Solo. We may have just solo items. Yep. I think you did. I did not expect to find one in Manhattan. That's surprising. Okay. So if you can, if you tweet us enough, we maybe will end up at Denny's and then go see solo. 
Uh, wait, oh, closed? Permanently closed. Never mind. It's gone. <laughs> okay. Why is it still on the map? I'll never get that why shit's on Google Maps and it's like permanently closed. It just kind of wants to mess with you. Are millennials like picture... killing Denny's? My column. <laughs> the picture for, uh, for Denny's on Google Maps in New York and then we'll move on is a avocado breaded chicken salad. Does Denny's do Twitter clapbacks like Wendy's or any other brand? Yeah, they kind of started it. They were one of the first. Uh, they were yeah. one of the first new wave social media accounts. It used to be that social media accounts didn't act like people; they acted like a brand, and now they act like people. Denny's kicked that off a little bit. Now they're not really known for it anymore. Wendy's carries that torch, but yeah, Goodbye. Denny's. Yeah, don't you remember Denny's used to like go viral all the time because like Drake would drop a music video and they'd like put an egg over drake's face or something like that and make the music about the eggs and you know like thirty-two thousand retweets off of that just some dumb stuff I thought they tweeted something i thought they tweeted something that they got like shit on for i thought that's why i remember them oh i'm um, sure they did at some point you know like something they tweeted like the happy like on 9-11 tweeted like this double stack of pancakes and like never forget and just got destroyed online they I did not do that tweeted Flashlight tweeted on 9-11. That's a very famous one. SpaghettiOs is the best. SpaghettiOs, or, SpaghettiOs wasn't yes. that, but it was, it was another bad tweet about another. SpaghettiOs was Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor, yeah. Also, I always have to mention Pop Chips on Martin Luther King Day said, we have to celebrate Martin Luther King, an eternal poptimist. Oh. That's a rough one. Yeah. Damn. Brands. Gotta love brands. Okay, moving on. Sponsor the pod. I was, yeah, sponsor the pop pop chips. I was not, or SpaghettiOs. I was going to skip over this one, Peter Jackson potentially doing a DCEU movie. But we just mentioned The Hobbit, and I hate The Hobbit movies because they're money grabs. Okay, we'll talk about that. Peter Jackson, if he did a DC movie, would that intrigue you? Would it make you want to see it? Okay. I I think it would intrigue me. I I can't guarantee you if it will uh, be good or not. The Hobbit have? was bad. I mean, The Hobbit was trash. That like that really lowered like my standards of what I consider a Peter Jackson movie to be like. But I, they weren't intended to be three movies. I don't think. I don't blame him. He was just trying to get the money on that one, fellas. So I don't, you know, can't hate too much. But yeah, it intrigued me. It wouldn't make me think the movie was going to be good or anything. I just would kind of go in and say, "Hey, this is a Peter Jackson Batman versus Joker movie." Dude, let him do Plastic Man, which I guess is the DC version of uh, fucking Mr. Fantastic, since he knows how to like stretch things way past where they should have stopped. That's a recycled joke. I apologize <laughs> for that one. That's okay. You got new listeners. They probably didn't hear that yeah. before. It's new to them. Shitting on Jim from The Office. The, the thing with Peter Jackson is, is he obviously gets a very good reputation because of the Lord of the Rings movies, which is... I mean, yeah, I'm not complaining. Like, he should. But the Hobbit movies, man, I fucking hate those movies. And you're right, Trev. They were not meant to be three movies. So the Hobbit itself, I believe, is shorter than each Lord of the Rings book. Even if it's longer, it's, they're, like, very similar. And every Lord of the Rings book got its own movie. Just one movie per book. The Hobbit got three. And that's just, man, that's selling out. I would never sell out like that. Ever. Mm-mm. Never. Never. Would never sell out. Uh like that you know just go for the money for the sake of the brand but peter jackson uh it would intrigue me i guess but if, if you said 
you know, if you said that Christopher Nolan was going to do a DCEU movie, I'd be like, okay, well, that's a different story. But Peter yeah. Jackson, you know, uh, we'll see. I, I, he's not a guarantee every time he comes out with a movie, it's going to be great. You know, and he's going to yeah. probably release a four-hour movie because you know he loves long movies. So, Yeah, I guess, I mean, The Lovely Bones, what did you guys think about that one? That was that was like the the big Peter Jackson movie before he went into The Hobbit. But uh, other than that, the other one I could think of is King Kong. And that was just okay. The Lord of the Rings were great, but I'm not sure this is a slam dunk. If they got Peter Jackson, I wouldn't say it was a slam dunk. Chris Nolan would be a slam dunk. This would not be. Yeah. King Kong, which, by the way, wasn't that movie like three hours and 15 uh, minutes? It stunk, too, every second of it. So fucking long. And that's Did one that critic, critics like it. Audience is very de- divisive on it. So Yeah. It's it 100, 187 it. minutes. Oh, my God. That's Damn. just wholly unnecessary for a Ooh. movie about a giant gorilla. Just not needed. Shout out to Adrian Brody from that movie we watched. Donnie, what was it called? Which one was he in? Which which what one? Adrian Brody. What was the movie he was in? Oh, the the penis dragon or uh, no dragon oh, blade or dragon blade. yeah dragon blade. It was dragon blade. Dragon blade. Okay. Yeah. The other one was Wolf Warrior, and then the mermaid. He obviously the mermaid. wasn't in the mermaid. Okay, so Peter Jackson's King Kong has an eighty four percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So I wouldn't say it was universally despised. No, but, but audience scores a fifty though. So the audience. Oh. Which I feel like The Last Jedi popularized the audience score again in Rotten Tomatoes because everyone went back to the audience rating because critics love Last Jedi and audience was split down the middle. So we got to say that. It's a 50 as well. So, I mean, look, yes, I'd be intrigued, but I wouldn't need a three-hour DC movie. That's for sure. Wouldn't Mm -hmm. need it. The rule about Rotten Tomato score is whichever one best suits to use in your argument, you got to go with that one. So I'm oh, for sure going with the critic score for King Kong saying it was an okay movie. Here's a story that I really want Trill's opinion on because okay. you've voiced more opinions on the Austin Powers franchise than I think any of us. Some unsolicited too. Apparently, Mike Myers wants to do another Austin Powers movies, but through the eyes of Dr. Evil. Yes or no to that? Oh, that's tough. I would have to say no. I don't. I, I do the I, I feel like by the time they got to the third movie, Doctor Evil was seventy percent of the movie anyway. Yeah. yeah. Is he talking about recreating the first Austin Powers, but from the perspective, is like a Wicked type thing, where it would just be through the perspective of Doctor no. Evil, or or just one that is more like it's like his version of Infinity War, and Doctor Evil is Thanos. So you got the bad guys, the primary character to follow around i guess he says i would love to do a movie from dr evil's perspective so it would be dr evil one austin powers four uh, so like so so no it would just be hmm. no it would just be like a new movie but even so ah. it might be kind of interesting if they do something that is maybe a prequel about like dr evil's life or upbringing or something or so, like yeah. that well, they were what? They were in the car together when the fucking their parents crashed, right? So, like, what? They're his upright bringing after that? Yeah, just do something like that. I mean, it could be kind of funny. It's hard though because I don't know what Mike Myers has been up to. Do you guys know what he's been up to? He like, said I, 
in the article, he said something like, "Yes, yeah, I've just been so busy raising my kids. That's not, that's like why I've not been doing movies." And it's like, no, it's probably because the fucking Love Guru is like the worst piece of shit ever created, <laughs> and you got wrecked <laughs> online for it. That was pretty bad. Um, well, good for him, man. As a dad, as a as a <laughs> also a dad, I I respect that decision. I just don't know if that Austin Powers type humor plays to like a 2018, 2019, 2020 new release. Um, cause that's a, that's a tightrope to walk. You got to balance it out with doing something fresh and different and also balance it out with doing something that, you know, the silhouette jokes and the classic Austin power jokes, you know, and love, you got to include those. And also Vern Troyer can't be in it because he just passed yeah, away. Okay. That's a big loss. Like, Mini Me was a big part of that franchise. His last movie, technically, was Shrek Forever After. Last like oh. movie where he has a role. He played Shrek, obviously. And before that, he was in The Love you know? Guru. No. Oh, uh, Up in the Air or uh, Top of the World. No. Uh, the airplane movie with uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Huh. This is. It's not an obvious pick. That's you're thinking of Mordecai. Uh, it's, oh, it's not oh, he, an obvious. He played, he played uh, Inglorious Bastards. Yes, Inglorious what? Bastards. Yeah, what? He was a Brit- he was a British uh, officer. Oh, or, fuck! Or Parliament member or something like that. But he's actually in a movie coming out in two days ago. Wait, what? He's in a movie with Margot Robbie, Simon Pegg. Who else Terminal, is in this right? movie? Yeah, Terminal. He's in that movie, and then he's in. Apparently, he's in the Bohemian Rhapsody movie. He's making a comeback. I'm thinking this Austin Powers movie is going to happen. You know what? I'm buttering. I'm getting on board right now. I'm 100% behind this Mike Myers comeback. Just do do something a little bit different, and I'll, I'll be there. You don't have to huh. sell me too hard on this. I want something new, but if they he just retreaded the old Austin Powers stuff, I'm fine with that too. Interesting. Okay. Bring in Dana cool. Carvey to do something. Reunite, reunite him with uh, Garth. Little Mike Myers uh, revival going on here. Last bit of news, yeah. then we're going to do some listener questions. Last week, I, hmm, was it Sunday? I don't know. It was either last Sunday or the last episode. We talked about Bright 2. And Trill, you made the joke. Yes, Bright 2 is the Will Smith cop movie everybody wants a sequel of. Like, this is the one everyone's asking for. However, the news came out days later that Bad Boys 3 is actually happening. So the joke, I guess... You know, now it's, the joke falls by the wayside because you're going to get both Will Smith cop sequel movies. Bad Boys 3, 2020 release date. Yeah. What's, uh, what are we thinking here? Are we excited? Last, also, you kind of got grilled a little bit, or we all did, for saying you didn't care about the Bill and Ted sequel either. So do you care about this one, Bad Boys 3? I super care about Bad Boys for Life 2020. I think that this is obviously going to be the final film of the Bad Boys trilogy, and they need to go out with a bang. So I'm super excited for Will Smith to get back into this role, Martin Lawrence to join up with him. Um, The difference between this and Bill and Ted is I I like the original Bad Boys movies way more than I like the original Bill and Ted movies. Don't get me wrong, Bill and Ted's fun from a nostalgia standpoint, but not that great of movies, whereas Bad Boys... Not that great of movies, but still fun. <laughs> Definitely more fun. I'm super <laughs> buttered for this too, dude. This is going to be a ton of fun. And Will Smith lately has been on like a tear on social media, just in general. His Instagram stories and like these little videos. He did the one that he like illustrated the origin story for uh, Fresh Prince. It was awesome. It was, he, he's, he's really on a tear, and I'd love to see him cap it off with Bad Boys 3. 
I would love to see Will Smith start to do. I kind of feel like he got into this routine where he'd do like one big Will Smith movie a year, um, like seven pounds, focus, concussion, collateral beauty. I mean, those are on off years, but I feel like these were like big winter home run swings trying to get an Oscar nod. And I'd love to see him take more roles that are just like fun, dude. action star fun or like be the bad guy, like be evil in a movie. Cause I don't, I can't remember Will Smith ever being a bad guy. Just do something different. I don't know. Concussion. His (laughs) next big role is Aladdin. He plays the genie that comes out next year. Yeah. And that sounds fun. Do you think he smiled in the last like 10 years with all those movie roles? They're also miserable. Focus concussion. Like focus is a, that was the one with Margot Robbie, right? Yeah. It was a con man. Yes. Yeah. Oh, um, Winner's Tale. I don't, I don't even remember that one. They, he wasn't. Pounds. He wasn't the star of that one. Yeah, seven pounds or whatever it was. I just it? Uh, pursuit of happiness pursuit was happiness. good though. Yeah. I am Legend was great though. I would say I am Legend is probably my last liked Will Smith movie or last really like liked. Will- <laughs> no. Oh man! <laughs> after Earth, fucking reeked. And Hancock could have been better too. I liked the first half of Hancock. I didn't like the twist. If you know what that twist is, man, I'm trying to look here. So Hancock. So that means, so I am legend. After that came Hancock, the human contract, the secret life of bees, Lakeview Terrace, seven pounds. Oh, I forgot about Lakeview Terrace. Is that the one with Samuel Jackson too? I don't even see these. I'm looking at the Wikipedia. This must be like the abbreviated Wikipedia. Yeah, you are. So, okay. After Lakeview Terrace, seven pounds, the karate kid, this means war. Men in Black 3, After Earth. Oh, he's a well, Some of these are productions credits. Yeah, some oh, of these man, are production he's... credits. He's in less than that. Winter's Tale, Focus, yeah, Concussion, Suicide Squad, obviously not that. Collateral Beauty was a runny dump of a movie. And mm. then Bright, which Bright was awesome. <laughs> Leave it at so I'm ha- I'm happy for him. I like the I like what he's doing on social media. I like Bad Boys for Life. I'm going to be excited about Aladdin. I'm glad that not everything he's doing is trying to do stuff like concussion and seven pounds and um, big prestige movies. But I, I do want to see him do something a little bit different. I thought he would have been like he would be great in like a John Wick movie. Can you imagine if they had him in like John Wick three as the bad guy or something like that? That'd be cool. And they held that a secret until the movie released. You never do that, but I, I my hope is that they always get like another '90s movie star to be a bad guy to John Wick, like John Wick versus yeah. Jack Reacher. Who says no? I wouldn't Not say me. no to that. Not I wouldn't me. say no. John at Wick versus point, Jack Reacher versus Jason Bourne. At this point, I trust anything with John Wick. Like I'm just going to trust anything they do until it's not good. Because I was such a hater when that first trailer for the first movie came out, and then you watched it and you're like, "What the fuck? That was awesome." Yeah, so I, I can't I wait believe anything. Yeah. Oh wait, last bit of news. Forgot about this one. Kenobi, the Star Wars spinoff uh, anthology, a Star Wars story. Kenobi, a Star Wars story, whatever it's going to be called, is going to be filming next year. Apparently, that's the rumor. So, just one easy, quick question: If Ewan McGregor is not Kenobi, will you give a shit about this movie? <laughs> uh, I say yes. Even if he wasn't, he, he's the obvious choice, and they have to pick him. And I'd be, I'll be super mad and triggered online if they don't. But I'm still gonna care 
regardless, unless they pick someone really fucking bad for Kenobi. My problem is there's a sickness in my brain that makes me care about Star Wars movies, regardless of who is in them or not. And so, yes, if he is not in the movie and they decided that it's direct to DVD, I am still going to care about this movie, unfortunately. <laughs> Who'd be I do the, not uh, want the Kenobi movie, though. I do not really want that right now. I, I want like the see... worst person, in your opinion, for them to pick for Kenobi instead of Ewan. Ugh. Like Owen Wilson? I don't know. Seth Green? Are we talking about like the like the worst worst? Like just say like Kevin James or something? No, like <laughs> realistic. Realistic picks. Like I could see somebody like Patrick Wilson being cast for that. Oh yeah. Jesse yeah. Eisenberg. Oh no, I wouldn't I like Patrick Wilson, but not not as Kenobi, dude. I, would they go that young though? I don't think they would go. Like I feel like you gotta get someone in their forties or something like that. I mean, this. look, here's the deal. They cannot make this movie unless you McGregor's Obi-Wan. Like, there really is no option. There isn't an option. Because, first of all, they pissed enough people off with Solo to begin with. Enough people are upset about The Last Jedi that they should care a little bit. Even though the movie made a zillion dollars. Just give the people what they fucking want. They want you McGregor. They, they yeah. want it. Yeah. Rob Schneider. I think that... <laughs> that would... Yeah. It would be nice if it would be a Rob Schneider movie and it would be a Jabba's Palace heist movie where mm. he was trying to plan a heist from Jabba's Palace. What, yeah. what was the movie Rob Schneider wore the earrings and it swapped him with the uh, girl, like the high school girl? Oh. You don't know talking oh. about, right? I know what you're talking about, but I don't know the name of the movie. Something stupid, like the big swap. I don't remember. Ah, uh, oh, shit. Well, here's here's a list and then we'll move on to questions. This is a list of from Bustle.com. I'm sorry, Bustle, you're the first one I clicked on. People who can play Obi-Wan in oh. the upcoming spinoff movie if it's not Ewan McGregor. Finn Wolfhard? What? what? No. What? <laughs> what? Jamie, Jamie Dornan? We, got, well, we need to really go ahead and define this range of age okay. here. Here you go. If there's a movie involving fantasy type stuff, Star Wars, or comic books chris pratt every time chris pratt is always listed Ooh. for everything they cited harry styles because of dunkirk and yeah that's it they have like two lines in dunkirk what would make him <laughs> be able to play fucking kenobi because they're just they're just throwing that out there for clicks yeah. dishonest yeah, people clickbait. just dishonest people on the internet who would ever who'd ever stoop to that level please like somebody posted a Somebody posted in our Reddit actually a Infinity War ranking which had Captain America or an Infinity War and a Marvel movies ranking which had Captain America number one and like that's such an obvious troll job like you have to be a little more inventive like yeah. make Iron Man three number one yeah I mean that is that's just you're just being an asshole at that point you you're doing it for clicks yeah so that's news. Some interesting news there. We obviously have a lot going on in the next few weeks. We're going to be reviewing Truth or Dare this upcoming week. And we're also going to be doing a segment where you draft the most annoying movie characters of all time to make a team. We're not going to do teams every week, but guess what? We tweeted out yesterday, which was Saturday, who's the most annoying movie character of all time. Love the responses. So we're going to try to see who can have the most annoying movie team possible. And then I think for Star Wars week, for Solo, a Star Wars story, we are going to do a thing where we build the worst Star Wars movie possible. 
So <laughs> plot lines, characters, directors, everything. We got to build the worst Star Wars movie imaginable. Uh, but this week, it's going to be most annoying character and the movie Truth or Dare, which may be online on some platformers, by the way. So check that out. Questions, movie questions from listeners. So there's one that is not a movie related question. I just felt like we should try and answer it. First up, how many movies have you cried at? Also, did you cry watching the movie Click starring Adam Sandler? Trebones, you first. I'll start backwards. I didn't cry at Click. When we say how many movies have you cried at, is it like crying in the actual movie theater or like cried while watching the movie? Like in any scenario. Oh, okay. Just cried watching it, period. Uh, um I think like the closest I've come to really crying from a movie was about time, which was pretty bittersweet type of movie. I don't remember ever just like really crying during a movie. Maybe I'm repressing that emotion. I think it's totally okay to cry at a movie. Don't get me wrong. I just can't really remember, but about time comes to mind as like one that like I 100% probably dropped a little tear on. Maybe two. Yeah, Yeah. maybe two, maybe two. (laughs) I, I also did not cry during click. Uh, I did cry during children of men and I still cry every single time I see that one scene where it's a single shot and they bring the baby down the stairs and like all the fighting stops. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. Just like triggers off my brain. Like the scene where uh, the kid in freaks and geeks is like watching the stand up and like just laughing to himself with that song playing over it. That scene and the scene in children of men, both of those tears every time. Don't understand why. I don't know if I've ever actually cried, but I will say Coco was, that was a fucking challenge. Coco was tough. That movie got like that movie tug at your heartstrings at the end there. Like, and it was like dagger after dagger too. It wasn't even like Pixar, what they usually do where it's like that one thing at the end, I guess toy story three. I kind of got a little emotional at the end of toy story three. When you see, you know, Andy drive away and wave goodbye to those toys. So like that was close, but that's like one punch. Coco was like many things, the singing, the death, and then like a reunion. You're like, oh my God, how are you doing this? And at that point, you're already emotionally distraught after the Frozen short to begin with. So Coco was Coco was a good one. That was a good test. And I, I hate saying I have it because I don't want to sound like a hardo, but yeah, that, that, that was pretty tough. I do remember somebody behind me crying very hard when I saw Rugrats in Paris in the theaters. I think like when Chucky's mom, like a flashback of Chucky's mom dying or something. I don't yeah. know. It, well, and there's nothing wrong with crying at a movie, even if no. I can't remember. I, I wish I could cry during more movies because I think emotionally it's a it's a nice relieving thing to do. I'm just not a big I'm not a big crier. It's it's, it's hard to get me to cry. Oh, tough guy. Like, well, no, I'm. I, I've said many times I'm a big old soft boy on this podcast, but it's just like trying to like flex on us. Mr. Alpha Male. Oh, I don't cry in movies. <laughs> I can watch 20 Adam Sandler click movies and not cry. Oh, yeah. Also, no, I did not cry click. Chucky's either. mom's did dead. Didn't cry at that shit either. <laughs> Phil and Lil. Didn't cry at those two little brats. Angelica. Forget it. Didn't cry then. <laughs> Fuck you, Rugrats in Paris. <laughs> All right. Well, let us know if you cried. Tweet us what movie you've cried at. <laughs> cried in just let us know if you cry in general (laughs) let us know if you've cried let us know the last time you cried period not like a dang cook thing last time i cried actually i i I dropped a few tears when my little baby was born 
I can tell you when the last time I cried was. So I'm going to tell you I'm not a big crier, but then I cried during that too. So maybe I am. Maybe I'm just trying to suppress all this shit. Actually, there was a movie that we got last night in the Rotten Tomatoes game. What was it? It was a Dan in Real Life that yeah. game book was yep. in. We sure couldn't remember was. what Dan in Real Life was. And we looked it up and on the poster was Dane Cook. Was that? Are we sure that was the movie? So what are the three yeah, movies? There's Dan, Dan in Real Life. There's uh, Lars and the Real Girl. And there's one more that I'm missing that had um, Jason uh, Siegel in it. We we have to we have to circle back to news. I'm sorry. There is one bit of news we did not talk about. We we tweeted this out. It's a poster. Trill actually saw it first. A poster for a movie that is coming out. When is it coming out? It's with Emma Roberts and Hayden Christensen called Little Italy. And I don't know much about it. Ken Jack, you did have a little bit of a deep dive, right? Yeah, I took a little bit of a look into it. It looks very interesting. It's a sort of a Romeo and Juliet type tale between two uh, children of pizzeria owners. And apparently it's connected to the Mystic Pizza universe in the, more than one way from everything we've seen about it. The fonts are the same. It's the same logo. Also, it's uh, Julie, or Emma, Emma Roberts. Roberts and yeah. probably way to Julia Roberts. And I don't know. It looks interesting. I'm, I'm buttered the fuck up on this. And we're starting, I believe, the Oscar watch for it. And the most annoying thing I think about this entire saga of us finding the Little Italy movie is that we were the first ones to report it, and then everyone else took it over and made a moment out of it, and we didn't get involved. Like, we didn't get mentioned. It's fucked up, Internet. Yeah. I'm not sure if we're the ones who discovered it, because I, I, I found it on Twitter, and I just don't remember who I saved the picture from. But I don't <laughs> think it was a viral tweet yet. I mean, it is it is pretty ridiculous. And it's more so just like the 2005 styling and posing on the front of uh, the poster for Hayden Christensen, who is wearing the lightest wash blue jeans ever imaginable. Um, His hair is styled like he just fucking stepped out of 2006, like thinking that no mortgage crisis was even coming. And he just has this (laughs) stupid little smirk on his face. Emma Roberts looks fine, but the whole concept is preposterous. Just preposterous. I I think the best thing about it is that in order to like the the studio had sat down and they're like, okay, we got Hayden Christensen and Emma Roberts. Neither of them are Italian at all. How are we going to make them look Italian? And they just dyed both their hair the same color of brown. (laughs) And they're like, they're now Italian. This is canon. They don't look it doesn't suit either of them at all. Yeah. And there's one on screen couple we've just been dying to see is Emma Roberts and Hayden Christensen. (laughs) Like 50-year-old Hayden Christensen and, I don't know, 25-year-old <laughs> Emma Roberts. He's Dude, he 37. Looks he looks aged. You know, yeah, I, I thought Hayden I Christensen... Make, I, don't his, I don't make fun of his age here, but he, he does look a little older than 37. She's 27. I thought he was probably in his mid-40s based off the picture. Mm. He looks like Johnny Knoxville in this picture, unfortunately. He bit. does. Now, Johnny Knoxville is fine, but he's not Hayden Christensen. I think it's just a bad photo. I will say this. Hayden Christensen, why not reunite him with Rachel Bilson for this movie to have a little jumper callback? Like Emma Roberts is just a weird casting choice because I don't associate her with like Little Italy (laughs) pizzas or Hayden Christensen. It's tough. It's tough. She's just very out of place in this poster. It's a great poster. And I love the the, uh, graphic design job they did for the logos for both of them. It's like fucking Comic Sans shit. Like graphic design is my passion sort deal it's it's just great it's this is a perfect movie for me i love it already and i'm not a big abc movies guy but this is my perfect abc movie vince is the best pizza 
Vince's the best pizza. Pizza. First underrated. Vince's pizza, the best. Underrated that's part of the poster, though, is the heart that's like up at the top of like the little Italy sign for some reason. Is that like an Italian thing or something? Like, or did they just add a heart there? Yeah, dude, Italians have hearts too. No, I mean, I but like, why is the heart there? Like, why is it like? Because they're in love, little... dude. Yeah, but like, okay, it's just a guy. You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to go off your point that you said this looks like a bad graphic design project, and then you're just. You're just ripping me a new one right now, Ken Jack. Well, that was a good graphic design choice. Who doesn't you know, love a This is a very bad time for this team to be falling apart at the seams. Somebody had to say it. Somebody had to come out on the podcast and say it. This is the worst possible episode for us to fall apart at the seams. So we just need to pull it together. Yeah, All very right. true. Okay, I will say we have an issue here. There is no release date on this movie that I can find. <laughs> Bring us straight to Netflix. Let's just make this a sensation. Yeah. They also, could shark. They could. Sh- Ooh, she is. Yeah. They could Sharknado this real hard if this is a bad movie. What if it ends up being just like Pretty Woman, like 2018 version, just a classic rom com? Yeah, we had to stop and talk about that one because we were oh. blown away by that one. It was some pretty wild shit. Okay, back to questions. Okay, would you rather sit next to a loud chewer at every screening you go to for a movie? Or watch every movie in 3D, but without glasses. Which, by the way, when I went to go see Last Jedi, two of my friends took off their 3D glasses and just watched it. <clears throat> glasses off. Go with the loud chewer. That's my pick. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'll go with the chewer because the movie's going to most likely drown out the chewer. Unless it's a quiet place. Dude, I'm just thinking, do you remember that one movie we went to, Jeff, where like the door kept making a little squeaky noise? So I'm thinking, imagining that, just how frustrating that was, and applying it to somebody chewing just like right next to you, something real fucking loud. And I'm going to pick the 3D movie, because whatever, I've seen enough shitty stream movies where like I don't really care about the, the video quality, but if the audio is really bad, I'm just not going to be into it. Name one movie that has a really great core idea that was not executed well at all. So a movie Troy. that should have been good. Troy? Yep. It's... Hmm, interesting. It's obvious for me. I, I've actually said it a few times in the pod, I think. Do you know which one it is for me? No, you got me on ice here. The Purge. Uh, yeah, that's right. The Purge is a, yeah, it's a terrifying, cool premise for a movie that has just not worked so far. And now they're throwing Marissa Tomei at it, and they're going to try and see if the prequel will help it out. But The Purge was a movie that was just executed terribly, I thought. That was, at the same time... To me, a really intriguing idea. I think I got my answer. I think I got my answer. I agree with you, Jeff. I'm going to go in time. The Justin Timberlake, Amanda Seyfried movie from 2011, I think. Not that great of a movie, but the general concept was around like everybody lives till they're like 25. And then they have like an extended time ticker that goes on. And then the rich people have a bunch of time. Everybody pays with time. So a little bit of some poorly done social commentary in this movie but in terms of like the sci-fi universe i think they could have gone like way way cooler with it and they didn't really even expand on that um so i'd like to see that again i kind of like the general dystopian vibe of it not really the movie itself but just everything else so never say trill is not one is not like one of our listeners because the person that answered asked that question excuse me the person that asked that question also put in the footnote 
in time is my example or something like that. So, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, right on the nose with you. Yeah, Boom. same exact thing. I liked I liked that movie though. I mean, it was a bad movie, but it was enjoyable. Imagine okay. imagine executing that universe well. Be kind be kind of cool. Mom? Who played his mom in that? Because I remember his mom. I think it's weird because like the time doesn't move and like Olivia Wilde. That's right. And his mom yep. looked the same age as him, and it was just weird. Their interaction it was very uncomfortable. The weirdest role in that movie was uh, Amanda Seyfried's dad. The movie was played by Vincent Carthizer from Mad Men. Oh, that's right. Pete. Pete, I think, was his name in Mad Men. He basically just played Pete. (laughs) Here's a good one. Good hypothetical. What movie would score better on Rotten Tomatoes? And we'll say critic score. A Quentin Tarantino movie starring Amy Schumer or a Christopher Nolan movie starring Kevin Hart? That's a great question. It's a really good question. Which movie would have a better Rotten Tomatoes score? And throw out any critic. Well, no, maybe not. That's, that's part of the equation. So you can keep in critic disdain for Quentin Tarantino and some of the things he does. Oof, that's tough, man. I'd go with that's Quentin Tarantino because I think, I think the way Quentin Tarantino would utilize Amy Schumer would be so subversive that everybody would love it. That's a good question, man. I think I'm going to pick Kevin Hart mostly because... Like people are very bearish on both Tarantino and Amy Schumer right now. People are still love Kevin Hart and love Nolan. So I don't know. I think that would do better. Yeah, I think I'd have to go Utro. I think that I could see him utilizing Amy Schumer in a role that makes sense. I mean, hey, use Mike Myers. You know, like if Mike Myers works, then I you know Amy Schumer I'm sure can work as well. Like it's a comedy person in a, in a movie that for the most part. Quentin Tarantino's movies have some humor in them. And I guess Nolan does too, but his humor is, I think, typically more subtle and, and a little drier, where Kevin Hart is neither of those. I mean, whether you like Kevin Hart or not, that's not a knock on Kevin Hart. He is not subtle. He is not dry. He's very in-your-face comedy-wise. That's a that's a good question, though. I'll lean Amy Schumer, but that is a very good hypothetical that we may have to throw out there on Twitter, see what the people say. I like that one. I like, I like those hypotheticals. They make you think. Heavy crafting the little the movie in your mind about like what the role could possibly be. Yeah, that's that's a hell of a hell of a good question. Here we go. Based solely off of talent, who would you rather see be the villain in the next Bad Boys? Craig T. Nelson or Whoopi Goldberg? Craig T. Nelson. Very random question, but would you rather Craig T. Nelson or Whoopi Goldberg? Which this says Whoopsie Goldberg, so clearly a Tim and Eric fan, but Whoopi Goldberg as the villain in the third Bad Boys coming out in 2020. So the question says based solely on talent. I don't know if I know enough to go head to head to evaluate the talent comparisons between Craig T. Nelson and Whoopi Goldberg. So point of ignorance on my part, I apologize. I will tell you what I would rather see would be Craig T. Nelson in that role because I think he could play a more tongue in cheek stereotypical bad guy like because he just looks like one he's craig t nelson look at look at his face he's scary he's, looking yeah he's scary looking dude Whoopi is like incredible so Whoopi is so inviting like she, i don't i'm not afraid of her at all especially for anyone who's watched the next generation like she just she's like a counselor like she's like a very nice human being to talk to and i'm not afraid of her at all but i'm yeah sort of terrified of craig t nelson's face yeah i'm afraid of craig t nelson i don't think i'll ever meet craig t nelson Hopefully I will. I'm going to be afraid of him when I meet him, though. If I do. Terrifying. He looks like he's six foot nine. Dude just looks like he would tower over me. Just have this hand that would just completely envelop my own hand. 
be such a firm we're, handshake. We're going to send you out on the Incredibles 2 press tour. You can meet Craig T. Nelson. See what he's all about. Uh, Mr. Mr. T. Nelson, uh, can you speak <laughs> a little bit about the 1996 season of Coach? I know that um, your character <laughs> was sent to coach the Orlando Breakers professional football team, but do you ever think that he wishes he could go back to Minnesota State? I can't that's do it. a Craig T. Nelson impersonation. That's, 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 the, that's the end of the joke. It's the end, end of the joke. <laughs> okay, so that's another good hypothetical. That's a tough one. Very hard. Moving on. What serial character or mascot would make the best movie in the serial cinematic universe? Okay. So ser- what serial mascot movie would you most want to see, basically? There's a lot out there. I mean, from Tony the Tiger to, you know, the rabbit from... The Tricks Rabbit. That almost just invalidated all of my knowledge on Zero. Yeah, the Tricks Rabbit, Leprechaun from Lucky Charms. I think the Tricks Rabbit. The the Tricks Rabbit definitely has the most potential backstory in his canon. I think that the and this has been touched on on many different shows like Family Guy, but years and years of being denied tricks, even the simplest bowl of tricks from these damn kids who will just not let let him have any tricks have to do something to his psyche so i think you could do some dark character exploration of the tricks rabbit in one of these movies that would make the best movie i think my humble opinion not that i thought about this is it is true why did they not just give the rabbit some damn cereal like what's the problem there i mean it's not a good mascot it's, it's not a good look in 2018 to be so fucking awful to that rabbit you know <laughs> Who would be like the worst one? Like the fucking Honey Smacks frog. Let me just let me read off some of the some of the mascots. Golden I mean, Crisp Sugar good. Bear. Can't get enough of <laughs> that Golden Crisp. The okay. Cookie Crisp Dog. The Cookie. That's nothing appealing about the Cookie Crisp Dog, right? No, he steal. I mean, they're he steals Cookie Crisp. They're literally dressed like. Now. Wait, he's a, a wolf dog. dog? They changed it to a wolf. Yeah, it's a wolf. Chip the oh, wolf that's... instead of Chip the dog. That's fucked up. You know, you know how many hours of consulting were paid for in order to make that change between a dog and a wolf? <laughs> Lots. This a actually is uh, paid for by the movie Alpha. It's coming out in theaters soon. But the man's transition between her was it? What's that movie? It's a caveman and a relationship with dogs. Oh, by the way, I just remembered talking about our last question. Craig Nelson, he has a big old boner in the book club trailer. Do you remember that? <laughs> he does. <laughs> no. He's in the movie Book Club. Yeah, the movie about Fifty Shades of Grey. The the older women reading it, and he, who is it? It's Mary Mary Steengarden. Is that her name? Yeah. Steenburgen. Steenburgen. Steengarden. I was watching Ina Garden. I was watching earlier. I was watching Barefoot Contessa, Jeffrey, yeah. uh, Jane, so, F- Jane Fonda, Diane Keaton, Mary Steenburgen, and uh, Candace Bergen. I think is the she lineup slips, for, for book club. She slips a Viagra or something into Craig T. Nelson's drink, and he, he has a big old boner in the trailer. You don't see it. But. Yeah. It's implied yeah. that it's huge, too. Like, the cop pulls him over, and she's like, you have a good night, sir, and you too, ma'am. Mm, and, like, winks <laughs> at him. Like, damn, Craig T. Nelson packing heat. <laughs> well, you don't. we don't know. It could be an average boner and still well, what? But no, but she, she looked at She did, like, the eyebrow raise thing at his nuts and, like, well, possibly. Oh, well, look, dick too, I, I'm but. just saying, like, even if it wasn't big and it was just average, that's that's perfectly okay for some people. I'm just saying, I mean, like, I mean, even if it wasn't that big, maybe a little maybe bit below average, that would be perfectly acceptable for for a lot of people. 
I'm not even going to try and fight you. Let's go back down the list. I was trying to get you to play off me. Not Damn doing it. it. Go back down the, let's uh, just do some improv. <laughs> the serial mascots list. We're going back to that. Keep telling me if you want to see the movie or not. Snap, Crackle, and Pop. The Rice Krispies kids. Anything out of that? No, they have nothing interesting going. They've been looking at the same damn bowl of cereal for 80 years. <laughs> it's Sonny the Cocoa Puffs bird, who's always cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Yeah, I kind of like him. I, I mean, a little bit. Why, why are you cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs? Let's let's understand this. Like, what makes you crazy about the, the Cocoa Puffs? Crack addict ass. Oh, wait, no, that's also a skit in. <laughs> you know what? Family guy. Ca- the, ca- the cabin. The captain might be the most interesting. Captain Crunch, the captain himself. Yeah, captain's another one on this list. The the, the potty nut Cheerio, Buzz, the bee. It's a, it's a fucking bee movie. I don't like that bee. I don't like that commercial they have. It's like good goes around and around and around. It just gets in your your head the whole day. Kellogg's has a couple basic, really shitty ones. The rooster from Cornflakes in the Raisin Brand Sun, always holding those two scoops of raisins. They have the Smacks Frog too. Don't forget about the Smacks Frog. Dig them. Yeah, yeah. yeah isn't that before. isn't that a Kellogg's product, or is that yeah, a, yeah. a gen- yeah? Huh. No, yeah, Honey Smacks. What? Remember uh, when Tyler was on? We talked about Golden Grams, and he compared, or was it you that compared the Golden Grams bear to Bob Hope? How <laughs> yeah. they need to re- they need to no, rebrand that cereal? Yeah. It's not. It's it's Golden Crisp Bear. Right, Golden Crisp. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's his name is. Um, I forget what his name is, but yeah, he's definitely Bob Hope. They ripped off Bob Hope on that one. <laughs> Things that don't play well today. <laughs> Count Chocula, the Fruit Loops, Toucan Sam, bunch on there. There's going to be a movie about to sit. I'm surprised Tony the Tiger hasn't had a movie yet, for sure. In 2018, yeah. I'm surprised Tony the Tiger hasn't had a movie yet. What would be his movie? I'm surprised it didn't pop so, up in Ready Player One. So. <laughs> Was Garfield yeah, in Ready really Player One? I don't, yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> I want I'd want to cosplay as Gar- Garfield, the lasagna cat. Lasagna cat. Jim, Jim Davis was in Ready Player One. Someone avatar as Jim Davis, not as Garfield. <laughs> What's the guy's name in Garfield? John Arbuckle? John Arbuckle, yeah. <laughs> That'd be a funny one to have in uh, Ready Player One. Like, nice That's your character. Like, I'm John Arbuckle. <laughs> <laughs> I am the character most famously known for owning Garfield. The best understanding of Garfield is that John Arbuckle is also a cartoonist in the Garfield comics. And so mm-hmm. it's like a, a self-insertion comic for Jim Davis. So he's basically just creating a comic where he just gets re- repetitively owned by a orange cat all the time <laughs> why would you do that? it's like his eternal torment is like in his mind and he's just trying to get it out on paper <laughs> oh man uh two more first well this one says well no we'll, we'll do this one last who will win an oscar first dwayne johnson or paul rudd paul rudd's got a humdinger coming out later with steve coogan that looks like it has a possibility for oscar contention so my thing with Paul Rudd is I think Paul Rudd is obviously in fewer movies than Dwayne Johnson, which does seem crazy because you feel like Paul, you see Paul Rudd all the time. So, man, I, I think Paul Rudd has the chops to get it, but Dwayne Johnson is going to pump out so many movies that it's almost like at oh, this point, like, yeah. 
yeah, the odds are high, higher than Paul Rudd potentially just because he's going to be in so many fucking movies. Did you see Fundamentals of Caring? Uh, Fundamentals of Caring. It was, it's a Netflix movie. It's a Netflix movie. It's he plays like a caretaker uh, for somebody who has with, with like a, a, birth, a birth defect handicap or something. It's really fucking good. It was a phenomenal movie. Real tearjerker. Selena Gomez is in it too. Why do I feel like I've heard of that? I don't know. I'll have to go look that up. That's tough though. I'll I'm say gonna have Paul to... Rudd. Yeah, me too. I'm gonna have to go with Paul that? Rudd right now until Dwayne Johnson shows a pivot towards more prestige oriented films. Which I think he'll take at some point, but I'll, I had to see that first because right now he's doing the Jungle Cruise and he's doing the Hobbs spinoff movie, or the yeah the Hobbs spinoff movie. So his his immediate yeah. future is pretty booked. Paul Rudd and, can just release some shit tomorrow, and we don't even know. Yeah, and he could land in some Apatow role that gets really serious, and he just nails it like a serious comedic performance, and he gets an Oscar nod. I can see that happening. Paul Rudd's got some range. I mean, who would have thought Paul Rudd would be a superhero? He's going to be a pivotal superhero in Avengers 4. So Paul Rudd has some acting range. Last question. When do you guys stop being assholes and finally tell us your quote-unquote big news? I don't know. Tough to say. It's hard to say. Um... I'm going to go rogue (laughs) here. All right, here goes. (laughs) 